The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. We have but one game left before crowning a national champion. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. The Buckeyes fan with a newfound understanding of the importance of a quality holder. And with me as always is AJ, Jim Harbaugh's taking every opening NFL head coaching gig, Marchese. Ben was short and Roman was in, Rob. Today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who twang, sang, and rang during the third week of Bulls in college football. Let's who Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal? In the fifth, the home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Funk's out of Tuscaloosa. Uh-oh. Goodbye, Bryce Young. Jameer Gibbs, Will Anderson, and Brian Branch. That's right. All four Bamas declared for the 2023 NFL Draft. Uh, four first-round picks? How many first-round picks you got in there? Three. Yeah, Bryce, Bryce slips because he's small. Bryce slips. The Steelers play slot. Gibbs doesn't go in the first? I don't think so. I agree with you. Too many running backs. I think it was top 50, but yeah. too many running backs. I agree. Uh, along with those four, Kansas State running back Deuce Vaughn, USC defensive lineman Tully Tupelotu, and Notre Dame safety Brandon Joseph declared. Seeing where Joseph ends up is going to be really interesting. Yeah, undrafted in the Colts training camp. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a good pathway. <laughs> it's your guy. Uh, I'm excited about Brian Branch. More on that in a bit. I, I'm interested to see where Tully ends up. I think I think he ends up like late day two, early day three guy. Yeah, like between pick eighty and one twenty. Yeah, I mean closer to eighty probably. Right around that one hundred pick is what I'm saying right now. You guarantee he goes a hundredth overall. Yeah, I guarantee he goes one hundred flat. Yeah, we don't really have to talk about many of these those guys because uh, we're going to talk to them about them in the show. So 
Let's move on to our Senior Bowl acceptances. Where we're going to talk about some of these games <laughs> on the show, too. Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh, Tulane running back Tajay Spears, Purdue tight end Payne Durham, who they stole from the East West Round game, UNC tackle Azeem Richards, Troy offensive lineman Jake Andrews, and Georgia kicker Jack Pudlesny. Payne Durham screams Jim Nagy. That's all I got to say. Isn't he like 27? <laughs> Why not? Why not be 27 and go to the Senior Bowl? That's what I've always said. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy uh, about Tajay Spears getting there, and Kenny McIntosh for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the best pass-catching backs in this class. Good place for them to showcase it. Um, Spears is drawn comparisons to kind of James Cook. Kenny McIntosh, I, I feel like it has long been the top, one of the top, if not the top, senior running back in this class. Mm-hmm. And this year taking on a, a, a larger role, for the Bulldogs, it's just really shown how dynamic he is in space. And more on that in a couple minutes. Yep. Uh, getting to the East West Shrine game. Chattanooga defensive lineman Devonsha Maxwell. Rice edge rusher Akena Anechukwu, who we love. Nebraska edge rusher O'Shane Mathis. Boise State safety Tariq Jones. And your Michigan kicker, Jake Moody. <laughs> senior Bowl's done. That's how you know the Senior Bowl's done. That they're going to get the Moody. Um... <laughs> Quickly, though, Enenchukwu loved that. Uh, I think he could really help himself there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, wait, who's after Enenchukwu? I was going to say something. Now. I forgot who it was. Oh, Shane Mathis. Yeah, Mathis is going to be really interesting. Let's see where, like, you know, after after a, a transfer, that's going to probably bug him for a while because the Frogs are in the natty. But, um, yeah, seeing him, if he can reignite his stock after a really quiet year in Nebraska, I mean, that's going to be an interesting I, one. Good for him, though. I, a guy who had some like top fifty yeah. hype yeah. during the year once he transferred has the physical traits and six five two fifty long, bendy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyreek Jones is one of my favorite sleeper safeties, just because of the way uh, Andy Avalos and, and Boise State kind of deployed the safeties. You you obviously saw it more JL Skinner just playing all over this place, but Tyreek Jones similar, um, similar versatility. All Boise State safeties are fun. Ain't that the truth? And, and Devonsha Maxwell is a guy we talked about over the summer during our uh, non-Power 5 prospect show. There you go. And he made it, so we were right. He's amazing. <laughs> All right. Bowl week three superlatives. From the Duke's Mayo Bowl to the Rose Bowl. From the, the, from the granddaddy of them all to something that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is more beautiful than watching uh, Brock Osweiler eat a macaroon dipped in mayo. <laughs> Uh, they really commit to how disgusting the broadcast is. I respect that. Really, no, they, every every non like New Year's Six bowl should do that. Oh, definitely. I mean, it makes sense for everything. It's fun to watch, and it's uh, good for the sponsor. Um, and let's start with Best Freshman. Where I feel as if we should start with Squirrel White, the Tennessee receiver. Yeah, agree. Who, with... Two NFL receivers not playing in this game, um, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, and an NFL quarterback not playing for Tennessee and Hendon Hooker. Squirrel White really stepped up. Squirrel White is it lives up to his name of being tiny, but he's also like watching a squirrel fun as hell. Uh that yeah, that, that he, deep ball was great. Uh go ahead, sorry. He just kept toasting them. Yeah. To- toasting Clemson with and Joe, Joe Milton and him uh, gonna cook next year. That's that's a Heisman combo next year, baby. 
I'm calling but, um, it. In an offense that's very wide receiver friendly, especially for that deep ball, obviously we saw that with Jalen Hyatt this year winning the Bolitnikoff and kind of elevating himself to a top 100 pick. I think Squirrel White's going to be so fun as a sophomore next year. We were talking last week about like the undersized receivers that kind of like where's that line for them to become you know top you know hundred type of guys, and uh, Squirrel White looks like he could be one of those guys. Whoa, you're calling your shot in 2025 NFL draft? <laughs> yeah, top 100, 100 exactly. Squirrel White, log it in. Sticking uh, with pass catchers, I I, I think we got to talk a little bit about Jason Taylor's son, Mason Taylor, mm-hmm. the LSU tight end. Mason Taylor, like he's he's had another terrific game in that absolute <laughs> blowout of the per the poor Purdue Boilermakers. But Taylor's something, man. I mean, it was the what was the Bama game where he had a really good one, and then this one he was again just yeah, a he superstar. won the Bama game. Yeah, he did. And, and and the thing about him too is obviously we all watched that Florida State lost open the year, but he was starting from for LSU from day one as a as a true freshman. Looks like an NFL tight end already, yeah. Which maybe not surprising, given how big a freak show his father was. Um, but like six five two fifty, super athletic, crazy catch radius, doing damage after the catch. Yeah, Finishes the yak was five, really good. Five for eighty eight and a score against Purdue, a poor Purdue team who didn't have their coach or any of their NFL players. It and, and like LSU was with a, a a lot of their guys as well, but. The thing is, the LSU backups are all blue chip recruits as well. Yeah, when you got the NUS coming in to, to clean up, you're, you're in danger. Yeah, they're just rotating quarterbacks, torching Purdue. <laughs> um, how about how about the, how about Iowa's greatest high school player of all time? Mm-hmm. I I can't say his name. Xavier and Wonkpa. I can't say his name. Do you know how to say his name? I think it's Wonkpa. Wonkpa. That would Xavier Wonkpa. That would make more sense. Great name. Uh, speaking of looking like an NFL dude, already six two 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 ten as a frosh. Uh, had that pick six, a uh, bunch of tackles. Yeah, he, he's gonna be. He's gonna be something. Yeah, he was a he was a five star athlete um, coming out of Altoona, Iowa, I believe, and and he picked uh, he picked the Hawkeyes over like the Buckeyes and State Alabama home, and uh, his teammate actually just spurned or his high school teammate just spurned the Hawkeyes for Alabama and that's Ken that's, Proctor. That's, the, the well, that's what that's why he won't be anything. Guy. Yeah, that's not that was one. Um, yeah, but Wonk, but that that pick six was just beautiful, the way he he, he undercut it and took it to the house and and he hadn't played a ton this year, but with yeah. Kayvon Merriweather opting out, mm-hmm. that that's the fun of the opt out is, I already Who's know next, what Kayvon, uh, yeah, I already know what what I've got years of tape on Kayvon Merriweather. Who why what do I care if he plays in this? Maybe it's not a meaningless bowl game, but you know it's the Music City Bowl. I don't know how meaningful it is. Hey, New Year's, uh, New Year's Day after day after so, New Year's Day, so so you get you get that chance to look at the the young gun or maybe the the hidden gem who's spent three years in the program and never really been given an opportunity, but he mm-hmm. steps up and and getting to see Wonkba in a a starting role against Kentucky. And mind you, Kentucky was without a lot of their guys, but whew, this kid's gonna be good. Seems like they should have got him on the field more this year, but hey, that oh. Iowa defense didn't need him, baby. Maybe they should have played him at receiver, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> give him a couple of carries. Why not? You know what? It's funny too. Iowa's whole offense was just Sam Laporta and Luke Latchy, their backup tight end this year. Like those two are their leading receivers. Hey, Laporta was awesome. I don't know if you put him anywhere, but I didn't. 
Me well, neither. actually, was too. Both, was. both of them were good in the Music City Bowl. Uh, speaking of the Big Ten, uh, my last one for freshman. Uh, Penn State running back Nick Singleton, who obviously had that 87-yard touchdown that was blocked to perfection, uh, finished with 120 yards and two scores against a stingy Utah defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, him, him, and Katron Allen are are just going to be really good for Penn State. Yeah, um, it's going to be <laughs> that backfield is going to be scary next year. Like they both look like NFL backs. Singleton. Uh, with this performance, finished with over a thousand yards as a true freshman, twelve touchdowns, and, and Katron Allen had more carries this year than him. They both had double-digit touchdowns though, and over a thousand yards from scrimmage. It feels like Penn State's year got overlooked. Like they had a good season. It's just they lost to Michigan State. That's it. Yeah, I, I think it's like I'm not. I know he got the standing ovation, but I think people are just like it's Sean Clifford. You know, like what's your ceiling really? Well, what a game he had. I don't. Know. I can't. I can't wait till he's announced the Senior Bowl next week. Uh, I'll give you one more frosh. Uh, big Jaheim uh, Otis at Bama. He, he only had two tackles and a PBU, but he walked that center into Will Howard's lap and batted the ball. He's 6'5", 370 as a frosh. Uh, just a yeah, big old animal. I loved him. Yeah, I, I swear they said it on the broadcast. They've been recruiting him since he was 12. Yep, great seven. And, and, trying, and trying to get his, like, his, his weight kind of to a good point for him. Yeah. I love How big was he when he was twelve? I don't know. I, I think I, I swear I remember the story, and he was he was big boy. Is he the next Mount Cody? Oh, definitely. I think he's he's gonna be better. He's gonna be better. Was, was Terrence Cody like? I swear for a bit there, we like he was the greatest nose tackle in college football history. He was. He is. Uh, I love Mount Cody. Speaking of uh, the greatest in college football history, going to best sophomore. Uh, the Ben best... Sinnott, <laughs> the Wildcat fullback, tight end hybrid. You're right. The best in cultural history. He is Wildcat football. Three catches, 48 yards against Bama. Uh, thank you for that perfect lead in, Rob. Uh, couldn't be stopped. They just kept throwing to him. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> He's is he the perfect Kansas State Wildcat? He is. is he, gonna... he is Wildcat football. Is he gonna have like a thousand yards from scrimmage one of these years? As a senior, hundred percent. Fifth year senior, he'll have a thousand yards. I guarantee it. Like, okay, I believe it. Uh, I was gonna say the best wide receiver, sophomore oh, wide cares? receiver combo in college football history: Whatever. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Egbuka. And if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't cheap shotted and concussed and kept out of the game, the Buckeyes would have won the college football playoff game against the Georgia Bulldogs and then the national championship. Uh, all right. Every, every every game this year, these two have like just combined to cook people. Yeah, and Harrison Junior's obviously been the the guy getting the vast majority of the hype because one, he's the son of a goat, and two, he's just a freak show athlete, making all these plays, fifty fifty balls, burning deep, everything. But Ibuka has been so good as well. He's more of the yak guy, get the ball to him in space and let him work. He's a little bit. Uh, he looks a little bit like Chris Olave. But he plays a little bit more like Garrett Wilson. Um, and they combined for 218 yards and three scores on 13 catches against the Georgia Bulldogs. Do you think Egbuka's like a JSN level player? or like, I, think he, I, th- I think he's better than JSN. I, I think, think so too. I think so too. I, but it's early, see, honestly. I, I think the thing is, with JSN, as great, obviously, as he was last year, the things working to his advantage was the amount of single coverage he saw because... Yeah. As we've seen, Olave and Garrett Wilson are Pro Bowl level NFL wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, two, he was working under the slot ninety nine percent of the time. Um, 
he has a really good understanding of creating space, but he doesn't have like any one trait that blows you away. Like I think he is very much a mid day two type of talent. Uh, obviously, like Marvin Harrison looks like a top ten. Yeah, pick. well, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but like Egbuka does a lot after the catch. Like he is very good in space. He he can win deep. I I think he's more of that space player. But like. I, I yeah, so my, I guess my point is I do think he is more a higher ceiling at least than JSN. I agree with you. Yeah, I, and they, I, Marvin Harrison and Ibuka both had over a thousand yards, over seventy catches, and over ten touch ten yeah over ten touchdowns this year. Um, I'll give you one more. Uh, speaking of high ceiling, no one's got a higher ceiling than the Kool Aid Man, Kool Aid McKinstry. Who oh, he's so good. Is very very good. Three PBUs in the in the in the game against K State. Also, you know, dynamic return man. I mean. He's a lot of fun, and he's gonna be the vet in this in the secondary next year, and he's he's gonna lock it down because what Rick's Rick's is coming out too. I think Helms declared. Is, too, is right? Rick's official? I believe so. Yeah, Hel- yeah. Helms is going to the Senior Bowl. He already yeah, he, he already knew that one. Um, but I think he yeah, announced it. Rick's, yeah, we missed so, Rick's in the opening, but hey, yeah, it's here now. Um, so yeah, Kool Aid's the guy back there. He's the Kool Aid man, and he looks he's looked damn good. I think he's there's a couple of games where he looked like maybe not the best player in that secondary, but like. It, like he belonged all year, and that's saying something because every bunch of dudes are going to get drafted. Yeah, McKittry truly looks like that that corner one. And then yeah, you you mentioned that what he does as a return man, um, and and that just kind of goes to show how athletic he is yeah. in, in quick twitch he is. But he's also long, like he's six one, and he he's is well so good together. at mirroring guys. Yeah, he like looks like a first round corner. He does. Uh, I also just want to say Malachi Moore is going back. Well, there you go. Congrats, I feel bro. like Malachi Moore is going to have a nice senior year. Remember him as a freshman? He was really impressive. He was really. Yeah, he was. Um, Staying in the SEC, flipping over to LSU again. Malik Neighbors. Yeah, hell man. of a game. Yeah. Now, nine catches, 163 yards, touchdown. It was like all yak. Uh, he also threw a touchdown. He went two for two as a passer, 50 yards and a touchdown. When I said they were letting anyone throw, I truly meant it. Um. <laughs> He, man, he had a really good year, especially because he's the one who muffed, what was it, or fumbled on the punt against Florida State yeah, uh, to open the year and, like, really had a tough go of it in that game. He quietly just was awesome, especially yeah. down the stretch. He cooked Georgia up, too. You know what's so weird is that, like, LSU receivers are either very overhyped or, like, they, they always have the hype, whether they deserve it, which they usually do. And sometimes they don't, you know. The, but the hype is always there, and it feels like Neighbors just hasn't had that hype. Like, you know, he's he's an LSU receiver. He's he had a great year, and I don't know why it is, but I think if you watch LSU football, he was so much more impactful than I, than Booty all year. I I think LSU's offense just isn't overly fun to watch it, until this game against Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't run the ball all that well this year no. instead of Jaden Daniels. Like they had a rotation of running backs. Um, Booty was like every game you watch, you're kind of disappointed, left wanting more, even while Malik Neighbors was making these plays. Yeah. I feel like he really started getting the attention um, after that SEC championship performance against Georgia. Mm-hmm. But even then, they lost. Uh, but yeah, he, especially Jaden Daniels back, he's he's going to be one of the top receivers. The next year's receiver class is looking really sharp. What else is there? Um, Speaking of sharp, Rob. 
My weekday warrior. There's like, oh, oh, you whoa, got more? I, I, I got Caleb Williams, I think, oh. still deserves his flowers. Of course he does. Because it's, it's the green wave, man. That's like the best team in the mm-hmm. country. It is. I, I, hard to but debate. Five touchdowns, 462 passing yards. Just like trying to will this USC team to a victory without Jordan Addison with some drops from his receivers. Mario Williams had a really bad one. The defense couldn't couldn't stop a thing. Um just Caleb Williams is so great and so fun. The throws and, uh, he was making were just ridiculous. <laughs> but what yeah. else new? Like also Notre Dame backup running back Logan Diggs. Yeah. 170 yards from scrimmage, had a receiving and rushing touchdown, both big. And Pittsburgh receiver Bubba Means, who just has a cool name and uh, yeah, he's kind of pit receiver. That's that's a made, dude. Made a couple sweet grabs uh, against uh, UCLA, and he's a Louisiana Tech transfer. As all the greats are. So he's playing for my two favorite programs. <laughs> yeah. Shreveport, baby. Uh, weekday Warrior. So, yeah, speaking of Louisiana, I think there's only one true weekday warrior, and it's got to be Tajay Spears. No. Who's your weekday warrior, then? Well, as you know, I believe the North Carolina State Wolfpack are the most professional program <laughs> in college sports. And I just thought Drake Thomas and Tanner Engel, two of my favorite players in this class, were absolute warriors in this bloodbath against Maryland. I I put uh, the, the NC State linebackers for made me look stupid. I man, Drake, Drake Thomas taking on that center and just mm-hmm. blowing it back, and Tanner Ingle on the one run fit where it was like JD Clowney level blow up in the backfield. Like, oh, Thomas finished with four TFLs and a sack. Ingle had a, a TFL and a half. They were both incredible. And Peyton Wilson was pretty good too, man. Two yeah, sacks, a couple TF, three TFLs. Like, it, it wasn't as like a, like fancy jaw dropping. Yeah. Holy hell, what did I just see on the screen? But, yeah, I mean, all these NC State Wolfpack guys, pro, pro careers. Yeah, Drake Thomas, I saw a couple Steelers fans quote tweeting us saying they want him. Uh, lock that in. He's a Steelers. He's basically Robert's Blaine, so. <laughs> no, I know you put him somewhere else, but Ty J. Spears was just an absolute special, special dude against USC. 205 yards on the ground, four touchdowns. Unstoppable. <clears throat> I mean, like, like that, I think the, the best one was that, like, dip. That dip, little yeah, dip where he move. Caught the ball in the flats. Yeah, and then and then almost scored, and then he punched it in the wildcat the next play. Yeah, it it was like he was just doing it in so many different ways. Like even a, a couple of the big explosive runs, like he was breaking first contact within that those first five yards, and then exploding. Yeah, finding um, the cutback lanes. And he's so fluid. Yes, he, he looks turned... a lot like James Cook, which I credit Dame Brugler for calling that comp. Oh, Dane and his comps. I mean, yeah, I, I like we've obviously been on the Spears train for a while, but like I, the 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 limits it's reaching now is fantastic. I mean, I don't know how he's going to go in. It's a deep, deep class, but he's fun as fuck. I know it, it's it's hard to gauge just because there are so many of these guys. Like yeah. a guy similar to him coming from the G five, even Keaton Mitchell. Yep. Like. No, but holy most classes a- most classes is only one Ty J Spears you know what I mean and there is only one Ty J Spears but the issue is there's so many guys that can do similar stuff and there are also there's really a lot of good it. pass catching backs exactly yeah, I feel like that's what you're getting at right yeah like usually you have Keenan Mitchell and no one close like him and now you, like they're kind of yeah like just said where yeah last year was James Robinson or James Robinson James Cook <laughs> this yeah. this year I mean maybe the two top backs in the class Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs are, are both excellent yeah. pass catchers as well right yeah and like even like Kendry Miller's a solid pass catcher. Eric Gray's a pretty decent pass catcher. Zach Evans, yeah, 
Uh, Zach Charbonnet. Uh, was, yeah, Charbonnet's underrated. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and Roshan Johnson. Like, you just keep going. I mentioned Kenny Mack off the top. Like, everyone but Sean Tucker can catch a pass. Um, <laughs> that, that was unnecessary. That was so Shame on me. He's going to tweet yeah, about it, you now. <laughs> probably. Bad performance. Uh, best prospect. This is tough, p- picking the best offensive prospect mm-hmm. you saw. I think it's uh, between the, the two quarterbacks. I gave it to C.J. Stroud. I think it has to be just simply because he answered those questions exactly. about playing out of structure and, and using his legs when he had to. And he put them in the position to win the game. He had the, the what was it, 27-yard scramble at the end of the game to get them in the field goal range. There was, a, I think, a little bit of mismanagement and play calling and timeout usage after that that yeah. kind of didn't get them closer and really put a lot of pressure on Noah Ruggles, who didn't have a great hold from his holder to make that kick. But... Uh, Man, some of the throws CJ made. I mean, the, the 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 ones that were the wow ones, I think, were the back-to-back, where Jalen Carter had him dead to rights, makes the move, throws the strike. I think the first one, I think we're both in Marvin Harrison, I think. And then and then the, the next play did the exact same thing and threw the touchdown. And both times, it's like, you know, watching CJ Stroud over the last two years, like we have... Not not to discredit him, but like, you're like he gets outside, you're like, I don't know if he's going to find someone, you know? Maybe it's going to be a little high... Uh, you know, just a throwaway, but to his credit, he, he made big-time throws. Like, like the one uh, in the first half where he, he, like, he split the rushers, kind of broke another tackle. Yeah. And this one, I think you were talking about the touchdown of Marvin Harrison, where he's yeah. kind, of, kind of coming across the back of the end zone. Like, we hadn't really seen him do that, but that didn't mean he couldn't do it, I guess. And hey, we saw, we saw the just, wheels against Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They they really leaned on that then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and like we when he has to tuck and run, he can. And when he needs to use his mobility as a passer, he showed he could against the best defense in the country. Mm-hmm. Um and the, I mean potentially the best defensive prospect in the class, one of the best corners in the class and he he they didn't have a ton of impact against him. Um he's deadly accurate. He's got enough arm. He operates the pocket so well. He keeps mm-hmm. things on time really well. And now he's checking the box of can he do it out of structure? Uh, I I know down the stretch people are really souring on him. I, I Kirk Herbstreit put it well when he said, like, has there been a college quarterback this good, like with NFL prospects, um, that took as much flack as C.J. Stroud's taken? Like he. People were really clowning him on Twitter the last couple of weeks, being like, "This is Jared Goff. This is like he's just he can't do anything out of structure. When it, when the answer isn't there, he's not coming up with it." And now, I, like, I, I, it sounded like to the point like so many people were now not not smart people, but a lot of people were like being like, "Yeah, Will Levis is gonna go ahead of him." I honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't see any of that, and that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I guess I saw. Oh, yeah, like, I think I saw a little bit, a little bit. But I, you know me, I try not to listen to the dum dums. Um, but yeah, you, you're so right. Like I mean, we've already talked about that. But the questions he answered, like you said, it's I put that in quotation marks. You can't see me, but <laughs> like because you're right. I think it's just he didn't have to do it as much. And I mean, you know, sometimes he, he wasn't making the plays. But like even the first touchdown where. You know, it wasn't like he extended the play like like he did later in the game, but just you know, just just doing enough to get outside the pocket and then you know directing Harrison to to the you know to get towards the pylon and make that throw. Um, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's, you know, he's gotten the most flack of anyone because you know how it, it always happens at this time of year, but I don't know. Um, either way, it doesn't matter because he, he shut them all up. And, and again, doing it without an All-American receiver, he lost his other All-American receiver, Marvin Harrison. Uh, he loses – they didn't have a running game. Nope. For a lot of the season, really, because Trivion Henderson was never healthy. Mayan Williams was not healthy. Yeah. Also, I thought it was weird that Chip tra- uh, Trainum didn't, like, play. Yeah, me too. Especially, like, it, you think because, like, they use him a lot against Michigan, and then they had a month to get him ready. It, and, and he was effective against Michigan. Yeah, he was effective. Uh, but anyway. Um, and and, and he, he still went out there and did it. And, and you know what? Let's, let's, it's a bit of a tie because Bryce Young was, Young as was Bryce awesome Young's too. always been, through five touchdowns against K-State. He had that wonderful one in, where he just dropped it in the bucket. I think it was, what, play action. Um, dropped it in the bucket in the back of the end zone, right like yeah. right corner of the end zone. That that was the throw that everyone was super hype about. And and this was after a bit of a slow start where him and Jermaine Burton didn't seem to really be on the same page. And then they quickly got on the same page. Yeah. Um, he was just kind of throwing seeds everywhere. It's like he just got hot, and then once that happened, the game was quickly out of hand. And I think that's where Bryce Young is. You know, he's got that that if factor, and I don't know. I, I think the Texans are in for a hell of a choice. I I do think uh, shooting my shot now. I think it's going to come down to Bryce Young, but and be Bryce Young. But like both these quarterbacks stepped up. I know that the Alabama's game wasn't that big, but both these quarterbacks. But he didn't have to play. He's proven it obviously time and time again. Oh yeah, and he came out and and had you know. A classic Bryce Young game where he just there's so many throws and he just got hot like I said at the one stretch and it just like the, from like the start of the second quarter to the to the end of the third where he just like the game was over because of what and he that, did and that K State defense is is no joke they've got NFL players on each level they played well against TCU yeah absolutely I mean it like even even that first touchdown where they were what like on the six yard line Bryce going through his progressions kind of has all day mm-hmm. buying time buying time starts scrambling. Kind of comes to a dead stop and just rips one into the back of the end zone yeah. for a touchdown. Yeah. Like, man, he. The only only reason he wouldn't go number one is because of the size. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really interesting to see what happens. But at the same time, I can't imagine a team passing a quarterback needy team, especially a team like him. the Houston Texans. Who, hey, well, they're not going to have the number one pick. The Bears are. <laughs> you, th- is, you think there's any chance the Bears take a quarterback? No. I'm just kidding. I don't Come think so either. That's not funny. Um, I've seen people say that, that though. Funny. That's not funny. It's not funny. Um, but, I, I mean, again, I just think the Texans, you know, needing a shot in the arm to this franchise, I think it's going to be Bryce Young. But long way to go, and you never know. Um, both both guys are special. That's that's all I know. You know who else was special? I, I do. Who, who, who do? Bryce, Bryce Young's teammate, uh, the defensive Prospect of the week, Brian Branch. I totally agree, and I, there was a lot of really, really, really strong candidates. But uh, man, Brian Branch was just—that's uh, like a, a, an all-time safety performance. I thought. Yeah, a, a guy who been banging the table for I think a lot of people have as safety mm-hmm. one in this class, especially down the stretch here. And then he goes out with twelve tackles, four TFLs, a sack, and a pick. Um, he just kept getting into the backfield. Yeah. He just kept slivering through. Uh, he is super physical. He's he's not the biggest safety in the world. He's like 195 pounds, but super physical. Has unbelievable instincts in zone coverage. Um, 
man, he was a fun one in this in this game. Uh, the, the 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 like the interception too, like the like you said, the he, instinct to jump that route was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, he was lined up over the slot receiver, kind of playing a dig, in, uh, yeah, with with his body, and just sits back, reads. Uh, was it Will Howard? Will Howard's yep. eyes jumps the jumps the kind of hitch. I think it was. Yep. Yep. And sick. It was sick. I mean, like you said, it just felt like. He was all over the field, coming down, making lots of tackles, being physical. It was a safety one performance. I, I totally the, agree. And, and like T, TFLs against Deuce Vaughn, I think that one that really stood out was where he took on a receiver, um, yeah, with his right arm and kind of just was was trying to be the force player to set the edge. Uh, it made the tackle on Deuce Vaughn, who's not an easy guy to tackle, but just like kind of his left arm while occupying a block. He totally. is, does it. He does everything. It's um. It's gonna be interesting to see what teams view him as like because he played basically played nickel for Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, but they obviously they rotate him over top. He but he's played too deep. He, he's even played a little bit of single high. But when you have Demarco Helms and, and Jordan Battle, who are like the perfect single high and and box safety for Nick Saban, uh, he didn't have to do these other things. He showed he could. So I, I wonder what NFL teams will view as his primary position. I don't know. I think when it's all said and done, he's probably just not just, but he's going to be a safety. But like, I think he's going to be that versatile piece. Yeah, I hope so because he's just so good around the line of scrimmage, right? Like, why he take is. him away from that? He led all defensive backs with fourteen TFLs this year. Yeah, and four, four in this game is just so ridiculous. Against you know, Deuce Vaughn is not easy to wrangle, man. Like, and they they got some speed too at receiver. You know, like it's it's a that's a, they're not a pushover. These cats, I think some people. I don't I mean I don't think anyone does, but like you know. They've they got more talent than they're giving credit for. And, yeah, that was a hell of a fucking performance. All right, you want to get to shooting up the board? Yeah, let's shoot it up. My top guy was Tajay Spears. We hit him. I'll, I'll go to Quinton Johnson next. Sorry, AJ. Six catches, a buck 63, and a score against Michigan where his size and athleticism just seemed like a little bit too much for the Wolverines at times, especially after the catch where he had, what was it, like 70-yard, just yeah. on that drag route where – Max Duggan just gets the ball off to him, and he he houses it. Yeah, I don't know why Michigan just kept blitzing. That was really, really stupid. But yeah, and then had that the, also that. I mean, I, th- I think top string up the board is pick your uh, pick your frog. But that also had that awesome that huge crossing uh, route too, where it just felt like the you know the response after the touchdown drive. You know, TCU just kept Michigan at arm's length the entire game. It felt like, and uh, that crossing route was just like he made it look so easy, and it was a really good throw from Duggan too, and. That was special, and then yeah, they had the one where he, they just le- they blew the coverage. I think the corner blitz and the safety didn't get the message. Yeah, uh, left him wide open. He probably would have scored if if State Farm wasn't a fucking shithole grass stadium that's cursed. Uh, <laughs> he slipped. Uh, probably would have beat beat the uh, beat the safety and got in too for another touchdown. Um, it feels like I don't think in the draft Twitter community as much, but if, like it feels like at large, Quinton Johnson had some like detractors. I think. Maybe guys who are like more on, you know, the the I don't know the other guys like the JSN train preseason. I haven't gotten on the Quentin Johnson train. I feel like this 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 performance shut a lot of those dudes up because I've seen a lot, you know, well, he's just a body catcher and blah blah. blah and it's like we've seen guys like him uh, bust before. And I all think that's the, stupid. The, the, the difference with him is he's not just this fifty fifty. No, he's nice ball guy because he he's athletic enough to separate with speed. Yeah, but. To me, his big scary thing is what he does as a yak player. Yeah, totally. I mean, and it's it's consistent. It's not just once in a while either. Like, 
that's I know I know like it's a drag and they left that the whole side was wide open, but he still outran the outran the entire defense. They had angles it's on a him. Broke a tackle. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Who 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 else you got? I, I put Horton and Winters on the on the on the frogs. Yeah, I, I I put Trivius Hodges Tomlinson there too. I mean, Dylan Horton had four sacks. Dylan Horton had four <laughs> sacks. And the one where you know he chased down strip of JJ, the ball went out of bounds. Three were in the first half. Like, like I don't think they're like big time. Like obviously, you know, this is a stu- like he's he is a stub. I'm just saying, like they, they were just really really you know good sacks. Like, he had he had more like just pressure on JJ too. Like you know what I mean? Like he's it was it was better than four and sacks. Powerful man. He is. He's on the freaks list for a reason. Um, and kind of unless you have great technique, you're not you're not going to be able to rely on athleticism against mm-hmm. a guy like this uh and he was just kind of blowing th- blowing th- he's really good at splitting offensive yeah, line he, and he kept doing that uh and then, i mean d winners were just one of the best blitzers in the country and I- i'm kind of glad he-, he got this chance to show it to the world me too uh, it, hurts, it hurts me but i'm insane happy. man three tfls and then he had the pick six where he made a he the uh, jj mccarthy just obviously didn't see didn't him, see him on that on they were running that double slant didn't see him floating but he made a great play on the ball for that pick he did. He definitely did. And like the TFLs, I think they only credit him with one, but like he, he had three. I got, he got three. Okay. Okay. I thought I saw ESPN only had him at one. He definitely had three. Uh, like early the the AJ Henning pop pass where he just like instantly into the backfield. Another one on Edwards on a third down. A couple of like, good ones on, on on Donovan Edwards. Also that that big pressure on a third down. Uh, McCarthy was in the end zone and kind of forced to throw away. Um, yeah, man, he was a he was a monster. And then the pick six, like you said. Um, I love. I mean, I love D. Winters. I am sad it was against Michigan, but I'm very happy he had this huge showcase game because it it still feel like felt like he's underappreciated and underrated. And maybe this is the game to open people's eyes. Yeah, and and then Travis Hodges Tomlinson. It, it it was kind of cool. It felt like all the TCU captains were making the plays. Yeah, he's had a really good day in coverage. Um, all the I, I put my pros. Sorry, I, I just to say I put my prospect versus prospect matchup, the TCU secondary versus the Michigan passing game, because I thought we weren't going to talk about you know Ronnie and TVT, THT too much. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say all the Ronnie Bell stuff wasn't coming against Hodges no. Tomlinson, no, um, who just is such a, despite not having the greatest length, he's such a instinctual corner, a very patient corner. He had that one nice PBU where they they ran the kind of. Um, this route combo where a lot of DBs would have got lost. I think it was a third down. Uh, to Loveland, over the middle? Yeah, yeah, over the middle. And he made the nice play for the PBU. Yeah. He ended up with three PBUs. It's just like TCU is defender, NFL-level defenders at every level of their defense. Um, Absolutely. And NFL-level players all over their offense, especially if Kendra Miller's healthy. Like, Kendra Miller, Steve Avila on that offensive line, yep. Quentin Johnson, obviously. I mean, Max Duggan, even if he doesn't have an NFL career, he's been one of the best call- – he was a Heisman finalist. Yeah. Like, TCU sneaky. Gary Patterson knew how to recruit, baby. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Hodges Tomlinson did have that, like, you know, the DPI, a couple DPIs that kind of hurt him. Another, like, he also another guy that had a really nice tackle on Donovan Edwards in space, working through the block. Um, but yeah, the, the, he had the PI on Bell, and he had the other deep DPI. But um, I just yeah, the the, the two uh, two of the PBUs were so great, the Loveland one especially. But just like I thought, like you know, for like you said, a guy that's you know five nine, and he just I thought he's like he's so good at timing the ball and using his full length to, to 
to knock that ball away. Like he's just the, the body control is just really impressive. And yeah, man, I mean that's a guy that's played a lot of fucking football, and it's like TCU is a really experienced team too. I feel like that's what people aren't giving yeah. credit for. I know they have, they don't have that much bowl experience at you know at TCU, but just lots of dudes who have played a lot of football. So they're they're really experienced veterans. Veterans, dude. Yeah, they were like they're all great. Um, going to the Rose Bowl now. I just want to talk about one of my favorite guys, Jair Brown, the yeah, safety from awesome. Penn State, who um, he he's just one of the most versatile guys in the country. Not a lot of guys can kind of play on the back end the way he can with his uh, his cover uh, instincts and range, while also being a very good blitzer. Yeah, um, they blitz him off the edge where he just put the the right tackle on skates. He came up with the sack. Um, he, he, uh, he also had, uh, the interception where he was just kind of, he was playing single high over top and it was a bad, like it was a bad decision by the quarterback, but it, it was a good way to showcase Jerry Brown's, uh, ball mm-hmm. skills and range and just sitting back there patiently reading the quarterback, waiting for him to make the move and picking it off. Uh, I, I really like him. I don't know if he's at the East West or the senior bowl because he's accepted both, but, um, he, to me is like a. Uh, day, a day two safety is going to play right away in the NFL. Yeah, he's got a lot of that traits. And like you said, he can do a and, lot, oh, too. Go he's ahead. also on the freaks list, like very athletic. Yeah, yeah, and you can see it. I mean, I, I love Jay Brown. I love that, like, you know, this is his last game, too. He, another guy who didn't have to play. I know he's not like a super, like, I, there's not like a super amount of hype for him, but he's so damn good. And I just love that he went out and threw the exclamation point on his career at Penn State. Um, if I could stick in the, in the Big Ten at, at defense, um, Man, another guy, Jack Campbell, going out that way for Iowa. He was so damn good against Kentucky. Ten tackles, a sack, two TFLs. He was just everywhere. Like, I thought he looked really good, like, just reading plays and getting out on screens. Looked good in space. Uh, you know, didn't look outpaced by that prolific SEC def- uh, offense. I know they're not good, but he, he did. He looked really good. And another guy, just thought that was a great way to end his uh, hockey career. If I could build a time machine for him to go back and be a first-round pick, I would. But... I don't know where the hell he ends up, but I, he's going to stick. I mean, because he's just got the instincts, and he's a fucking, you know. He's, he's going to put the green dot on his helmet. He's going to call that TV. He's Josie Jewel again, but whatever. But better. Probably, also, yeah. also, the Iowa punter, Tory Taylor. He's stud. He's so good. He is a stud. I can't believe he's going back. Oh, he wants to be a first-round pick next yeah, year. Yeah, he's smart. <laughs> what is he? Is he a Roger Jr.? I don't Something know. Like that. He he's but he's been like he's massive and we were talking about him last year too like he's, he could have been he's a very good player. he's the best player on their offense you can't debate it I'll go with uh, a guy who I'm now thinking maybe would have been good for outplay the box score but I'll go with South Carolina defensive lineman Jordan Birch that's what I thought you were gonna pull up for outplay the box score he was really good in, in this game for South Carolina former five star who is a, a bit of like you've seen the flashes. Not to say he's been bad, but maybe not quite lived up to it all yet. Mm-hmm. But he's also 6'6", 270, can kind of play inside, play outside. Um, he was just showing a lot of power against, uh, against mm-hmm. uh, both Notre Dame tackles, including Joe Alt, who's projected like first-round tackle next year. Um, he uh, His speed to power on Joe Alt... <laughs> Helped force that one interception. He had like five pressures in this game. Didn't end up with a sack or a TFL or anything. He hasn't declared yet. I kind of hope he goes back, uh, just so we can get a better look at like six six two seventy, um, r- like just powerful, long, and mm-hmm. athletic. 
kind of Tyree Wilson ask in terms of just build and skill set. Obviously not to that extent, but I I love to see him go back and, and kind of take it up a notch. Yeah, I think I think that's a probably a wise call. Um, especially with nil, you know, you get get some of that spurs up money, baby. Um, I'm going I'm going to Tennessee with Byron Young, who I thought was just eating up in the in the Orange Bowl. Uh, two sacks was kind of just like constantly disrupting that Clemson passing attack. Uh, Kay Klubnik went in late in egg. I kind of, <laughs> for the most part there, Shipley, Shipley showed up though, as he does. Uh, but no, I think that's another guy, just a really good way to end his, uh, his, his Vols career. Yeah. He had a, he had a heck of a game, uh, and he is going to the senior bowl, senior bowl. I believe. Yep. Senior uh, bowl. Yeah. He, uh, he had that, that one nice sack. Uh, I think we tweeted it out, um, mm-hmm. Where he just like kind of used speed to threaten the outside shoulder and then threw a chop in to beat the tackle for the sack. Um, he's an interesting guy. Uh, his teammate Joe Milton, obviously not going to be in this draft class, but holy, if you want a game to to build vol hype for next year, like we all knew Joe Milton has maybe the best arm in college football just in terms of strength. He he still missed a couple in this one, but <laughs> kind of seemed more like. Like a real quarterback, yeah. I put him for my transfer. I, I know he's been there, but yeah, like like going back next year, assuming he'll keep that starting gig. I know they have uh, the the five star coming in, but if he starts, I mean, with his talent and that that you know that scheme and the players around him, uh, if he can make a hooker like leap, I don't know if that that like it, like that high like in draft wise, but like just to have that type of off season, uh, he's got a chance. He's got a legit chance. I love that he uh, this year. He really only started, uh, what, one, two and two, two games. games. Yeah, uh, he he threw for nearly a thousand yards, ten touchdowns, <laughs> no turnovers. Kidding. Hey, if he does that over a full season, he is going to be a top one hundred pick. That's true. Uh, I'll I'll give you one last one. Illinois receiver Isaiah Williams, former quarterback, um, who's just like this little jitterbug at at the slot receiver position. Uh, he just kept. kept Losing guys in coverage, he had over 700 yards this year, but but caught 81 passes like Wondale Robinson esque in terms of catch to yard ratio, uh, and I think he's he's gonna be a really he's he's a fourth year sophomore, so he's got two more years of eligibility. Probably just plays one more year. Uh, kind of interesting, fun player for next year to to think about. Um, did you put Kenny McIntosh anywhere? No, I thought you would. Okay, yeah, I'm going to put him here. I mean, obviously, what a, yeah. we've already hinted on him. Uh, you know, what a game against Ohio State. 70 yards on five carries, and then five catches, 56, and a touchdown. So uh, good in space. So good in space. I mean, like, it, it, again, I, I think it just comes down to this, this. It sucks that this running back class is so deep because he's a guy that just would have made himself so much money in that, in that game. And not that he didn't, but... Had had such a good year. I mean, we've already talked about him. And I wonder, I wonder how many players in the country this year had over seven hundred rushing, over five hundred receiving. Probably just him. Yeah, probably. Um, also, one more in that same game. Paris Johnson. I thought he had a really, really good game against Georgia. Yeah, he did. He did. I know, like shooting up. It's but it's for a guy that's a top tackle. It feels like he's had a like not that he's been quiet, but it just feels like people aren't giving him his flowers like they should have. And he had a really good game. I thought. And I know Georgia doesn't have like the, the the top end pass rushers on the outside at least like they usually do, but and with Nolan Smith being out, but still I thought 
I thought he was key. I thought he was key because if 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 him or I mean Dewan Jones played a pretty good game too. I felt like if either of them uh, weren't having a strong game, then that Jalen Carter, like all those Jalen Carter inside pressures turned into sacks. You know what I mean? But because they're so damn good on the outside, uh, they weren't, and that gave Stroud the chance to step up and make plays. Um, yeah, and the, the just one more thing with Kenny Mack is mm-hmm. he. For that kind of space player satellite back type of running back, a lot of the time they're they're smaller guys. He's six one two. He's not small. I know. I feel like people think he's small, but he's not small. He, he, yeah, he's damn good. Uh, I'm also doing a stat check on what I just said about over 700 rushing, over 500 receiving. You want to know who else has it? It's just him and someone else. Keaton Mitchell. Evan Hall, baby. <laughs> that's, that's my per- guy. That's, that's my guy. Jameer Gibbs almost. He's like 60 mm-hmm. receiving yards short. Uh, sliding down the board, let's start with I, – I put the Ohio State safeties. I thought Lathan ran, ran some – Yeah. Who started off playing pretty well and then had some blunders. Big time, yeah. Uh, and Ronnie Hickman, who I just didn't think played well at all. Uh, those two against Georgia was tough. Obviously, Ransom fell down on one of the touchdowns. That yep. was terrible. Uh, that Brock Bowers fourth down conversion where you were convinced he didn't get it. He didn't Ransom get came. it. They made I up the rules. Did. I thought he did. No, he's out of bounds. I believe in making up rules as you go. <laughs> Ransom, Ransom's the one who had to make that tackle and didn't. Um, Ronnie Hickman just looked lost in coverage throughout this game. Yeah. Two day three safety, so like obviously maybe I'm I'm reaching a bit there, but you, you like Hickman. I'm also biased. Yeah, no, they they struggled. No, I think that's fair. I, I mean maybe not the top top spot here, but they definitely struggled. I, I thought that my top sliding down and the biggest struggler, and it didn't hurt. Well, it ended up not hurting them. It, it was Keely Ringo for Georgia. Yeah, who, who just I put could for not, overhyped. Yeah, yeah, good choice. I just he could not handle Marvin Harrison. He just was struggling big time. It, it just it. Go ahead. It, He's like the Ringo's obviously big, yeah. Uh, p- like kind of press cover corner, cover th- cover three corner, because uh, his change of direction skills just aren't great. Nope. Yeah. He's and kind it, of laboursome and and slow but uh, I, in terms of quickness. I totally agree. But that, and that also like, you know, there's bang corners that can have those issues and overcome them. But it feels like his route recognition maybe is not is not at that level where it could be for him to overcome that. When he's when he's you know match up against a regular receiver, he's going to be fine, but against a guy who looks like he's going to be a top 5 pick at receiver and people are pegging him as a Hall of Famer already, you're going to be in trouble. And Marvin Harrison's, you know, change of direction ability and his his route feel was just felt like it was way too much there. Uh and then also, you know, like like kind of got lost in trail too that one time on the on the Julian Fleming deep ball. Uh just not great. Had the pass interference uh, I, th- I do think Ricky Watch tweeted out like his stats against uh, or Harrison's stats against Ringo, and they put the couple fire emojis. And that's how you know they're the biggest fraud that's account. Sad. But um, <laughs> he he yeah. Wait, they it's, tweeted out whose stats? Ringo's. I'm, I like Harrison's oh, stats what? against Ringo. I'll, I'll find it for you. Um, <laughs> like saying Ringo played well. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, unless okay. I dreamt this, no, but this, no. this seems like a, a regular I'm dream for me. So. <laughs> I agree, actually. Okay. Um, no, but Ringo that. A guy, yeah. I don't like that. Didn't look like a top ten pick at corner. It, no, that looked like a corner with uh, like it, he's got the the some some of the physical traits. I, I just he's very I think going to be scheme dependent. Yeah, that looked he, like. he looked like a guy that the Bills take at twenty seven and they develop him. Like like you know, it's what also I mean? interesting. The corner class is fun too because like with just 
focusing on a guy who I think could be the number one corner is, is Christian Gonzalez, and he's a guy who Oregon took off the field on rundown sometimes because he was so ineffective as a run defender. It's like these really talented corners have their warts, and mm-hmm. I think that makes it more interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like this I, – I felt like for a while that the corner group is a little overrated, and I think that's why – I think it's just they all are really talented, but there's hiccups, you know. But we love the safeties. The safeties, yeah, and they're underrated, I think. But anyway, it's cool. Uh, what do you got next? Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go uh, Henry Toa. That's my next I, guy. Yeah, he totally looked like Alabama won, and it was easy. He looked bad. Ben Sinnott was cooking them, baby. And, and hey, not just that against the run, like yeah. he's just getting eaten by blocks. Speaking he of overrated, struggles, yeah. he struggles to stack a judd. And I get like Henry or Henry Golding. Henry Golding, <laughs> the, 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 the defensive coordinator who. His first name escapes me right now. Pete Golding. Um, he he said, like, Henry Toto showed up and was, like, teaching everyone else the playbook. Like, he's so smart, and I believe that. But he's a 225-pound linebacker who can't cover. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, 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 and we've had the weeks where, you know, we were sitting, really sitting down watching the Bama games, and he feels like he's never showed up. Um, another guy that's been overrated. I mean, gave up big plays in coverage. Looked really tight in space. Like you said, can't cover. Uh, and then Sinnott beat him on the one where, like, Sinnott, it was a really good throw by, by Howard, but he dropped it. Kind of got lucky on that one. Yeah, I, I thought those two were, like, the, the, the big losers this week. No offense, but yeah. Well, um, uh, I, put, I put KJ Henry. I don't know what you think, but I thought he just kind of didn't show up for Clemson. They put him, I, I ended up putting him at a Tennessee O-line versus Clemson D-line because I thought it was interesting because I thought Darnell Wright played a really he good game for Tennessee. He did play a really good game, yeah. And Jerome Garv- Carvin, who's going to the East West Shrine game, their guard did not. Yeah, like he he got uh, two or three holding calls and and gave up uh, uh, a couple sacks. I think the Brian Brissy and, yep. and Rook Aurora. Yep. Um, who I thought those two played pretty well, not amazing, pretty well. Agreed. KJ Henry really quiet. Tyler Davis solid, but yeah, KJ Henry of them all. Obviously, Miles Murphy didn't play. KJ feel, Henry, I yeah. thought really quiet game. Yeah, and obviously Murphy being out, you know, his running mate on the other side that hurts. But like that's the game where he's got to step up. And it wasn't always right either, blocking him. And like I get, Darnell Wright's really good. I feel like he's another guy that's a little underappreciated at times. But yeah, Henry's just quiet. And like, yeah, Brissy played. I don't know. Like, he had the glimpses that looked like, okay, there's a top 10 pick, but it wasn't consistent. That's kind of, you can say that about him all year. And I know he's had a really tumultuous season. But um, Henry, I thought it was kind of just a no show. I'll, I'll, I'll go with another guy I thought was a no show who's an addresser with, with some hype. Felix and new D- DK Uzama. That was my overhyped. Who, my gosh, he, like, I, you could have told me off that and I would have believed you. Like, there was just, he got shot down by Tyler Steen. It felt like he had, I think he had two, two plays back to back in the second quarter where it looked like he was going to start coming alive. I think he, he kind of beat Steen once, but then Young scrambled. I can't exactly remember. Um, but other than that, I thought he was pretty, pretty irrelevant. And that's when, like, the broadcast was like, oh, this is a late first round pick. I'm like, oh, okay. He won the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year over Tyree Wilson, who I get Tyree Wilson played four less games. And, like, I get he got hurt. Tyree Wilson also played four less games that had more TFLs and tackles than him. Like, not that that's that's a a stat that, like, truly measures it, but you watch Texas Tech game, Tyree Wilson was the best. Let's just keep it a defensive lineman, the best defensive lineman in the Big 12. Yeah, it's it's not close. Agree there, and I'm going to give you one more uh, case day. My guy Julius Brents, I was just 
he was struggling back there. <laughs> he was he was uh he was not doing well against that Bama passing attack. I mean, <laughs> you know they don't have that big receiver for him to match up against, and it it proved. I I think he's fun as hell, but he just he was just out there struggling. Um, I'll go to your guys, Mike Morse and Mazzy Smith. I know Mazzy Smith forced that fumble, but I agree. I like a Morris, you know, still coming off the injury. I, I didn't ding him too much. Uh, and he had like one or two, but I agree there. And, and Magic Smith, I, I put as well. Yeah, like he forced that fumble, recovered it. Huge play, almost led to the comeback. But other than that, like that TCU running attack was just gashing Michigan. And and, and I don't know, man. Like Minter just felt like he was off his game and, and Sonny was on his game big time. And felt like whenever they threw at them, uh, whatever Michigan threw at TCU, TCU just had the exact obstacle on. And but but regardless, when you got someone like Maggie Smith in the middle, you need him to make a play when you know you don't have a run blitz on, or you you know what I mean. You're dropping you're dropping guys into coverage. You need him to clog a hole, and it, it just it just felt like the, the lanes were massive. Yeah, Garrett Riley, baby. Yeah, Garrett Riley, big time. Baby. Um, I also put another. I'm just putting your guys because I don't like you. Uh, Tully Tupelotu, who I, I yeah. thought against Tulane, I mean, he's One sack, had... One USC's defense is like, lived by turnovers and, and Tully making key plays at key times, and it didn't happen against Tulane. He had that one sack that we both agreed wasn't, like, some great... No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was just, like, kind of like the, oh, it's college football type sack. A, a tackle just forgets, yeah, to yeah. block for a second, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I thought he had a very, like... Un, unimpressive game he did and again though like it's hard because there's nothing else to around him to really help and he's you know he's this massive man playing edge but i i don't agree i'll give you just a trio of ucla guys dorian thompson robinson mm-hmm. who it's it's oxy two of the interceptions were his fault the third bomb was and then he got hurt um and they lost a pit in the Tony Bad. the Tiger Sun Bowl. Bad Jake loss. Bobo had no impact. Three catches, 28 yards, was not separating. Darius uh, Muasau, the linebacker, had a bunch of tackles. They were not quality tackles. Like, he was getting cooked in coverage. Henry Toa Toa-esque. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done being mean. We, we felt like we had a lot of big names. It was a good a good week for both up and down, I thought. Yeah, that's what happens when, like, all the good teams play. Mm-hmm. This is my longest list of both this year. Yeah, uh, in my notes. Um, I don't know where pro- prospect got to be Aaron Beasley, the Tennessee linebacker yeah. safety, yeah. who twelve tackles, four TFLs, two sacks, and PBU, um, against Clemson. They they were just like blitzing him a lot, mm-hmm. and it was working a lot. He was super effective. I mean. Yeah, like I said, like Klubnik just like had no no time. Like felt like he just wasn't ready for this one. And yeah, Beasley like for a senior too, like just to to show up like this for a guy like I didn't really know much about. That was a huge one. And uh, I I gave you two. I'll give you two. One one out of respect, and the other also out of respect. Uh, Got to give out the shout out to Amari DiMicardo for for just coming in and ruining Michigan's year. Seventeen carries, a buck fifty, and a touchdown. Just running through that Michigan defense and. The holes were big, but he just—he was delivering. He was delivering. He doesn't look like, maybe he'll look like a camp dude. I respect him. Six years senior. Like like yeah, just a, <laughs> a guy who's just been TCU's backup running back for six years. Like, pretty cool. Like also, f- Brendan Rice for for being Jerry's son. Like he's, he's kind of like he doesn't get that much love. So he had a he, huge he, game. He had not had a good season. No, he didn't. Like or or like not a bad season, but just like a whatever season. And then he just kind of went off in this one. Yeah, one seventy four, two touchdowns. 
Uh, I doubt he's coming out, but maybe maybe he puts it together as a senior next year for USC. Um, prospect made me look stupid. I think J- Jalen Carter made a lot of us look stupid. Just not not that he's not one of the two best prospects in this class. Just I think a lot of us thought he was going to eat Ohio State up. And okay, that was a, a quiet game. So I put him for outplay the box score because. Like being a Seahawks fan, I felt I told you I've told you while we're watching the game. I follow a lot of Seahawks fans, and obviously we were also on the Jalen Carter train, and they just kept saying he no showed. And yeah, he had one tack and a, and a knockdown, but one tackle. I don't know. Like I see a guy that like he had a good amount of pressures, and and he just CJ Stroud just did he a went, great job. So so I put him here. His he just seemed so tired. That's like what he, I was going to bring up, though. Yeah, he, that's one thing I was going to say. He, he wasn't looked finishing. Gassed. He wasn't yeah, finishing. he was just. He was not finishing, and like he was, because he, he, I'm with you, and then he was creating pressure, but he was just not finishing. They even, I think Herbie pointed it out at one point. Um, Hands on the hips, yeah, I yeah, that that really surprised me. I don't know what's up with that. Maybe that's being off for what, a month. Was that's, he was he just playing more snaps than normal too? We, maybe we aren't really thinking about that because George is so consistently rotating rotating defensive linemen uh, the last two years, and they just asked more and of they him needed the game. And they needed him, and it felt like you know they weren't getting too much pressure elsewhere. And like, I don't know. That, that's that's absolutely something that we have to uh, investigate. I think because if you're taking him second overall, third overall, you need a guy that's not leaving the field <laughs> at, at, at the interior, right? But that might be you know maybe he, he they had a month off and he he you know he didn't keep up the the, the condition. You, I'm not I'm not making up anything. You just never know, right? Um, I but yeah, I, I still think like he. I don't know. It's an ideal. Like, what do you what do you want him to do? Have fifteen sack game? Like, I, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying people in general. I'm so I don't know. I, I think he for what he uh, for what he did. I still think he played pretty decent. Just the ga- being gas was was the worry. Um, I also teammate other side of the trenches for them. Broderick Jones was a guy I was low on over the summer. Yeah, and just I think he is so good. Yeah, he's and every every week he just looks so good in space. He's punishing people in the run game. Yeah. He looks like a first-round tackle. Yeah, he does. And I was there with you, not being high on him. And he, I think he's been getting better weekly this season, too. Um, you know, he's had a huge year. Um, I put the NC State linebackers, but also how about Max Duggan? I think, like, before he ever stepped on the field for TCU, like, oh, you know, they like him and they're hyping him. I'm like, no, this guy will never be anything. And <laughs> those words have finally come back to haunt me. Uh, cucking Michigan. I don't know what his NFL career is going to be, but... What a what a what a college career, and he can cap it off and win. So, um, outplayed the box, or sorry, my I I got ahead of myself. I mentioned my prospect versus prospect being an Ola, Tennessee O line Clemson D line. I also put the kicker battle of Chad Ryland and Christopher Dunn, <laughs> Maryland and NC State's kickers, two of the best in the country, made all their kicks in a game that was short on points. Um, both those guys look great. So, yeah, I put the TCU secondary against the Michigan passing game because I figured it wouldn't be guys we would talk about too much elsewhere. Um, we talked a lot about Hodges Tomlinson. Uh, Bud Clark, the, the redshirt sophomore, had that pick six. Also made it made a lot of good plays. I thought he showed up big time. Doubt he's coming out, but still. Uh, <clears throat> but Ronnie Bell in his last game before Michigan, I, I thought he had a great game. Six catches, 135 yards, touchdown. Showing what he can do deep, which he's done over his course of his career. I feel like a little underappreciated there. And like just his finishing ability is impressive. And Roman Wilson coming alive, too, for Michigan, I thought, 100, 100 yards. Should be two touchdowns. Don't get me started, Rob. Um, got banged up, too, early in the game. I thought he was good. The, and a lot of the TCU secondary thought played well. One one guy I thought was kind of mad was Mark Perry. I didn't think he played a strong game. 
He almost uh, hit the game-ending interception. Before. I know, but he didn't make it. He didn't make the play. So exactly. Other than that, I, thought, I had a, like I think he had a half TFL. I just thought he was yeah, the mass spot. Yeah. No, I'm not saying bad. I just, just yeah. Out the plate the box score. I went with Mississippi State nose tackle Cameron Young, who helped shut down the Illinois run game. Illinois couldn't run the ball for the first time this season. It felt like um, just a big space eater who the numbers aren't impressive because mm-hmm. all he does is just occupy space and keep guys clean. Um, that was a fun ode to Mike Leach, Mississippi State winning on the, the game-winning field with 15-10 yeah. in, in a defensive battle. But uh, Young, I think, was a big key to that for uh, the Bulldogs. That's a good one. Um, I, I, I told you uh, mine already uh, was Jalen Carter because I, I really wanted to talk about that performance. Uh, for overhyped, I put I put Felix the Wildcat. And who did you put? I put Keely Ringo. Right. My transfer of the week, I gave it to Joe Milton because he deserved it. We already talked about him. Uh, I was your Liatu Latu, who just yeah. honestly all season, but again against Pitt, bunch of pressures, had a sack, a TFL. Um, I don't know if he'll declare it. I don't know what the medicals will be like for a guy yeah. like that. But, man, he looks like a, a top 100 pick in terms of talent. Yeah, he definitely does. I mean, he did have those couple games where he didn't show, but overall he had a really, really good year. Yeah, a uh, small school guy who caught your eye uh, going to the Wyoming Ohio game. No, I I I, <laughs> I boycotted the, the the Arizona Bowl. You know that, Rob. Uh, I gave it to our guy Dorian Williams. I, Tulane is not a small school anymore. We can never say it again. So I just had to give it one last shout they out. They were to... too good for the SEC in 1950 or whatever. Ex- exactly. Ex- exactly. So I gave it to our guy one last time, Dorian Williams, who was kind of all over the field, and what a fucking win. I gave it to Wyoming tight end Trayton Birch. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that was his name. I think, yeah, pretty sure, right? Uh, but if you Google him, he's hard to find. Um, on it, whoa, I'm actually trying to find him, and I can't. Now I'm not sure if this is his name. What? I'm pretty sure it is, isn't it? Oh, AJ, I'm having a meltdown over here. Are you okay? Uh, five catches, 91 yards, a touchdown, any hurdle guy go. against Ohio, the potato bowl. Or the potato bowl. Look at me go. The Arizona bowl. Oh, sorry, sorry, not Birch. Welsh. Welsh, sorry. See, that's why I couldn't find him. Welsh. Trayton Welsh. Welsh. Yeah. yeah. Autocorrect, baby. Uh, yeah, him and the Ohio tight end, both hurdled guys. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, what a game. Yeah, game it was. The- that, honestly, though, overtime win. <laughs> it was. That was all the catch to, to the game winning touchdown. Bobcats are built different. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we get out of here, college football national championship is Monday, January 9th at 7.30 on ESPN. Number three, TCU versus number one, Georgia. Bulldogs, 12.5 point favorite, 62.5 total. In SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Weird, weird. I, that feels wrong. I don't know why. Being in Inglewood? No, just at SoFi. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. What Do you think they should play it in a college stadium? What's your I, take? I think it should be the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I, I do think that. But then you already had the Rose Bowl, so I don't know. Yeah, but we both know that didn't matter. When Penn no. State's winning the Rose Bowl, does it really matter? <laughs> no. Let's say Quan's um, playing, but yeah. So, just quickly before we get out of here, I think, to me, one of the most interesting matchups in terms of prospects, and there's tons of them, but Quentin Johnston versus Keely Ringo, especially after what I think Keely Ringo went through this past week against Ohio State, yeah. what Johnston did to Michigan, that's going to be a really fun one. What g- g- Call your shot here. Do you think Keely bounces back? And No. I kind of I agree with you. I, th- this is a huge game for both of them, because you know this is one where 
like the 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 Quentin Johnson detractors, Keeley should should have a strong game. But I think watching uh, Marvin Harrison, I think Quentin Johnson does a lot of the same things well. And I I, I agree with you. I think you're going to end up with another sliding down the board. I know we don't do that again, but um, or I guess we could for the Natty. But yeah, I I think it's going to end up with the same thing for Ringo. I really hope Kendra Miller plays for TCU because top ten running back in this class, I think, and such a key uh, to 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 TCU winning this year. Um, such a big playback. Uh, Kenny Mack against D winners. That's really yeah. fun. I hope they let I, winners just go uh, against Georgia too. You know, yeah. just come downhill. Uh, Dylan Horton potentially against Broderick Jones. If, if we get a little yep. bit of that. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, TCU just shockingly has so many guys like that. We, we, we always talk about Quentin Johnson. You talked about Savion Williams a while ago too, though, like sleeper a bit. Darius yeah, no, Davis is going to the senior bowl. Tay Barber's just very consistent receiver for them. People really um, underrate this TCU team, and I, th- I think Michigan did too. So, um, And then Duggan's just got the heart. Um, Johnny Hodge is the best player in the country for my money. <laughs> yeah. Um, are, we, are we picking? Are we picking this? Yeah, I'm taking TCU plus 12.5 because uh, I like an underdog story. The me Horned too. Frogs mean everything to me. Hypnotoad. Uh, I, I love Sonny Dykes. Me too. too. Like, Mike I think I was higher on the higher than you were. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Go back to the tape. Yeah, but you know what? Do you remember I, I said uh, Garrett Riley slam you dunk? You did, yeah. And uh, uh, was it Joe Gillespie they, they hired away from uh, Tulsa? Yeah. said that's, another, that's t- another slam dunk. You did. Go back to the tape. Um, <laughs> oh, I, you know what we didn't touch is I – obviously, Cade Stover got hurt for Ohio State, but so mm-hmm. Darnell Washington, Washington did for Georgia and, like, I think that was a big reason Brock Bowers didn't have a big, big impact. Mm. And I, I, I haven't heard anything about Darnell Washington for the Natty. Me neither. Did you hear anything about Stover just in general, by the way? Um, not really, no. A college, I mean, it's so annoying. College is not getting these updates. I, uh, I hope it sucks so much that both of them went out. I mean, I hope, I hope they're both good. Um, yeah. Uh, if, if I, I mean, looking at it live again, I don't know shit. It doesn't well, look like Darnell Washington's going to be able to play. Kirby said he's resting up and hopefully he'll be okay. good to go. But but that's also just something a college coach would say. They always say. They always say. Like, yeah. But because it, it looked bad. Like he was getting helped off. Yeah. It Like it looked like – I don't want to speculate, but like combine maybe like not, you know. Don't want to speculate. Yeah. But um, uh, I'm going to take CCU plus the points too. I, I think I think Georgia wins. But TCU's got too much heart to, to go get walked, I think, you know. Yeah, I agree with that all day. Um, especially like the way Georgia played that Ohio State offense, it really looked like they thought this was just Tennessee again. I think I think Ohio State caught them off guard, which makes no sense. But I think they're like, you know, same game plan as Tennessee, just match up against these receivers, kind of bully them, and that just didn't happen. Especially when they weren't getting home, right? Um, they're going to get more pressure against TCU. That's that's for sure. Um, see, seeing Stephen Vila try to handle Jalen Carter is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but anyways. I think they I think they cover, but I think Georgia goes back to back. All right, so we're both on TCU plus twelve and a half. Yeah, because we have to be, I think. But yeah, because we're horny for the horn frogs. Exactly. 